Hi, and welcome to Transistor Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Denethorn. And I'm Kelly Denethorn. This is episode four, and today we will first be discussing some major issues or struggles that I went through during my transition. Our second topic is that apparently high school biology doesn't have all of the answers about the human body. What? So we'll be discussing some strange things that happen with the human body that are just very low percentage of the population. Okay. Our third topic today is Jody's What the Hell, where we'll be discussing what's today's topic? Today's topic is really weird food festivals. Well, the first three are going to be very odd. We got oranges, we got melons, we got roadkill. And then we're going to have to chill out at the end and go pizza. So very odd festivals around the world. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like fun to me. Thank you so much for being here. Woo-hoo! Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so this episode's question is, what are some major issues or struggles that I went through during my transition. I'm gonna stop here. Let's let's pull the car over. Huge question, right? We'll probably visit this more than once. I think that it'd be great if you could share with us kind of the bigger pieces, but like, that's a huge question. So my first area that I would say that probably the biggest issue or struggle would be just accepting that I needed to transition. Ooh, yeah. I spent a large part of my life in denial about being transgender, and I always thought that I wasn't trans enough, that I just didn't need to transition so you were trans adjacent trans adjacent I like that no yeah I, I would always look to just go ahead and see what was the difference between me and people that transitioned before I actually transitioned yeah. that was a tough one okay yep beautiful thanks uh, second one would be finding appropriate healthcare mm. providers locally right and I don't think that that's really just a transgender issue I think that that's an issue for many of us living in the Central Valley there is not really great healthcare in any fields in any area here in the Central Valley. Big nod uh, from the Jody, yes. Big I mean, heads, big head nods, yes. Really, who wants to live in the Central Valley? And if you have that option to be able to live someplace else, why would you choose the Central Valley? I mean, it's beautiful. I love it here. It's great. It's fabulous, but it's hot. It's really hot. It's hot. Water is an issue. <sighs> oh, yeah, the lack of water. It's just a tough space to be in. Yeah, yeah. It's a really love it's a it. challenging, challenging space. It's very conservative for... Yeah. You know, a lesbian couple. Yes. Uh, we, that can yeah. be kind of challenging at times. Moving okay. on. Uh-huh. So um, finding appropriate health care providers locally, especially a struggle for transgender people. Yes. I know of maybe two doctors that are local who will actually provide hormone therapy. I've met one of them. I know that for many of us that are on hormones long term that we end up going out of the valley. We end up going to either San Francisco or to the Los Angeles area so that we can receive appropriate health care. Yeah. And that's across the board for pretty much most of my services. For my hormone doctor, I leave the valley. For my hair removal services, I have left the valley. My surgeon, I left the valley. I have yet to find a gynecologist, but I have a feeling that I will most likely leave the valley uh, to do that. Yeah. Oh, my voice therapist was outside of the valley. Oh, my uh, my gender therapist therapist, actually (laughs) is in the valley again, but she's about two hours away. So that's been really a very large struggle. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. A third thing that would be a major issue or struggle would be being discriminated against by my employer. Mm-hmm. And that was really just disheartening. And when I found that out, that that was what was happening, it wasn't 
necessarily a huge financial burden for us initially. It became more of a struggle, I think, as my transition went on and I needed more serious healthcare options. It became more of a challenge because my employer provided healthcare was not providing me the services that I needed. Yeah. And that's really a huge thing for a lot of people. They're employed full time and then these employers decide they're not going to do it because there are some legal loopholes that they can go through. So, yeah, not cool. So I think that one of the harder parts of the transition was finding out that my employer's healthcare discriminates against me, but also an understanding that I wanted to continue working for my employer. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out how to come to some sort of acceptable mental health space and how can I continue working for an employer that is discriminating against me? How do I come to some sort of healthy place, healthy decision or healthy choice about that? Because it was very upsetting for me. I brought it to their attention. I went to my employer with what I thought was good faith and saying, you know, hey, this is what's happening. And I didn't really know if you knew what was happening here, but this is discriminatory. And I think that you folks need to stop. And their response was basically just like, no, this is fine. This is perfectly legal for us to do. And we're just going to continue doing this. And that was really pretty disheartening for me to find out. And so how was I going to continue working for them and be okay and not be completely depressed? about that situation. For me, what it came down to was trying to figure out how to change the system. That in many ways, you can't really change an organization unless you're actually a part of that organization. And so I was really trying hard to work within the organization. And I was sadly becoming very despondent about it all. And I did have to go and get my own health care and paid for my own private health care in addition to my employer provided policy so that I can afford my surgery this past summer. But I heard recently, like a glimmer of hope, apparently the committee has decided to change their policy and change their exclusion. So after five years of trying, it seems as though I'm making some sort of headway in this issue. So it's been really challenging to figure out how to continue working for somebody who I think that doesn't really appreciate me. But now being at this spot, I have a different perception and and, and a different feeling in going forward in that like, hey, you know, maybe we do matter somehow, even though we think that, that nobody often is listening to us. Well, I think that one thing you just said also is that you said that they don't appreciate you. And I think that maybe that's not a truth. I think that maybe the reality of why they have decided to get rid of these exclusion clauses is because of you. You are an amazing teacher and they all know it. And it's not a joke. They have all seen you do amazing things. It's not just like, oh, it's just Kelly. She's transgender and we have to make sure that we don't get sued by her. No, these people know you. And I think that that's not fair to say that it has nothing to do with you as a person. And I'm proud of them and I really hope they follow through with what they have stated at this point, which is they're going to get rid of these exclusions because it's mm, discriminatory, just blatant. And so I'm proud of you. I think you should do what my therapist talks about, which is enjoy the shit out of this, that you did this. You did this. Nobody did this. You did it. And children of employees at our school and other employees are going to benefit from this 
and you should feel proud. And I am proud. Thank you. I'm so, very, I'm very happy. I'm very proud um, of myself. And I'm also, I'm honestly, I'm very proud of the community and that like, you know, it's like, why would anybody choose to l- live in the Central Valley? And this is one of the things that I've learned about the Central Valley is that most of the people that are here appreciate hard work. Yeah. And when they see that you're actually in it for the long haul and you're actually going to put in the hard work and you're going to put in that time, that effort and that energy that they tend to go ahead and be like, all right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll support you. Well, and that's yeah. generally what my community has done so this change with the healthcare is it's amazing yeah and, and you got a big heart and that's big in the central valley you gotta have a big heart if you don't have a big heart you're not genuine then they're gonna see it yeah but you do we do yeah we do and so that's mm-hmm. uh that's good All yep right, so yay there we go yay changes yay so exciting okay. so yeah those are some of the major struggles that i've had okay so apparently, it turns out, high school biology does not really have all the answers. No? Wow. Crazy. That's weird. No offense to high school biology teachers, but eh, you really know it all? Probably not. I don't think that they do. No. And people take away these sound bites, and they're like, oh, this is what it means to be human. And DNA is one of those areas. Mm-hmm. And we, at least I learned, that DNA is the building blocks of us. It is what makes us us and how our DNA is arranged inside of us. It tells our body's cells how to replicate and essentially how to create us. And in high school, we're often told that everybody's body has their own unique individual DNA code. Recently, one of the discussions has been how exactly can we definitively tell what somebody's gender is? And one of the discussions that has come about has been DNA. If we test a person's DNA... Well then, but um, done. We know exactly what gender that they are. And most of the time, that is correct. However, the wonderfulness that is being human is that statement of most of the time. Most. And most of the time, for most human beings, that is true. But occasionally, for some human beings, that's not actually true. And it turns out that one human being can actually have two different sets of DNA as well. They're born physically in a way in which can be obviously noticeable that they are a mix of gender. That sometimes people that are born that have two sets of DNA do have ambiguous genitalia. When you have two sets of DNA and now they're mixing together in one body and now that code is mixing and you're getting a mixed result in terms of human beings. And I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating thing because I had a friend who mentioned this to me one time as what they believe is their reasoning for them being transgender. If somebody wants to believe whatever reason that they want to go ahead and believe about why they are transgender, that's fine. I'm not going to tell them that they are wrong. I can have my own opinions about why I think that I am transgender. However, this person believes that they are a chimera, meaning that they have been born with two sets of DNA and that they can tell because they have different patches and different colors of skin and they believe that they are actually born female. However, when they were born, their genitalia was so misconfigured. Their genitalia was male because that was actually their other part. This person believes that they are a chimera because of absorbed twin syndrome. Are you familiar with absorbed twin syndrome? I totally am. I am very interested 
in science and kind of the fascination of the human condition. And I look up stuff all the time. And I want to interest my middle school kids who aren't interested in much in reading. So yes, I have looked up more than once the idea of an absorbed twin where someone goes in, they have a lump or something like that, and they find teeth and little bones and stuff, which was a twin that did not form, right, uh, inside a human. I've heard of those things as well. Yeah. No, no, I, and I've read, and I, I thought that that was really just kind of very rare. I mean, actually. of course it's rare, but it happens. I don't know. I was reading this article, and in this article, they were saying that they were thinking that it's not as rare as we once thought oh, um, that it actually was. I always thought of that as like what you said, that you have a lump and you go in and there's a lump and then, oh my gosh, it was like teeth and hair, and but it was on your stomach or your back or something or whatever where you wouldn't expect teeth or hair. Yeah. But apparently that would be like a, I guess like a, not a fully absorbed. Oh, right. Um, not fully absorbed. Twin. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So, but of course, you know, yes. you can have a fully absorbed twin where the, you can't tell at all, but you do have two sets you know, of DNA. So depending upon where they're drawing the DNA from is what it's going to go ahead and come out. When I was reading about this, I was fascinated because there's actually other things that can go ahead and happen. Like twin embryos can trade chromosomes um, sure. with, okay. with each other okay. Okay. Um, inside of their uterus because they have a shared blood supplies. Sure. And so in that case, both babies are considered chimeras and they'll both have multiple sets of DNA. You know, like this, it says here that if chimera twins are different sexes, then in theory, different cells can carry different sex chromosomes. The cell of that particular thing would have the correct chromosomes, which is what everybody's going ahead and talking about. They're like, here's how you can tell gender. You can tell gender from chromosomes, yeah. whether or not you have the X or the Y. Yep. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Not, not necessarily. necessarily. Again, most of the time you're right. Yep. Most of the time you can. But again, the beauty that is humanity is that it's not all of the time. And we need to learn how to not vilify people by looking at them and going ahead and saying, this is this is a sign of the devil. And this is a cause of the devil. And this is something that's evil and awful and bad. And we need to, to rid ourselves of this. This other one that I was reading about, you don't even have to go ahead and have twins. Apparently, mothers and babies can trade cells during pregnancy. And so a baby's DNA can end up in the mother's bloodstream. And sometimes this can actually help the mother out or it can hurt the mother. The mother can absorb parts of the DNA that might help them gain a new immunity. This effect of trading those um, cells between mothers and babies is apparently obvious in mothers of sons with studies showing that male fetal cells present in the mother's brain for years postpartum. So, as it turns out, human beings can have more than one type of DNA. And apparently it may not be as rare as we once thought that it was. And DNA isn't always this absolute. Well, I think the hard part about this is that complex creatures evolve. They change. They go with their environment. Everything happens for a reason. And um, I think the judgment piece just sucks. Because a lot of people may hear this and be like, DNA, we're, we're, we're talking about. And no offense, science is hard. A lot of people didn't get the whole bunch of science in life. And that's okay. We just need to understand that humans have a complex creation. We have a complex spectrum of what we look like and who we are. And that's really the only important thing that we can say, hey, all right, I can see that. Maybe you don't understand all the science, but we just need to say, hey, you're a person, I'm a person. Are you a good person? You cool? You nice? You treat people well? Great. Am I a person? Am I nice? Do I treat people well? Great. Woo! End of story. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that that's really ultimately the, what matters. That's really like, what matters. Are you a nice person and do you treat other people well? And other creatures and other things. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Are you a plus on the planet or are you a minus on the planet? Stop looking at all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I understand a lot of things are very complicated, scientifically speaking. But if you can just kind of grasp the idea that all things change, you know, they just discovered pink iguanas on the Galapagos Islands. So, you know, things change. That's beautiful. That's and our wonderful. understanding of things goes ahead and change. I, I was reading this other thing and this article and it was, can twins have different fathers? Yes. And the answer is yes. yes. Twins can have different fathers. And in more than one species. Mm-hmm. It's not just us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, in fact, there's a lot of species out there. Yeah. That have mm-hmm. the babies have more than one father. So they can have a whole litter that basically, and some can be twins, right? But of like five different male contributors. Yeah. I've done a little research on this. Biology is way more diverse Complex. than what yeah. tends to be presented to us in high school. And being a teacher, I understand why it's presented the way that it is and why people yes. end up getting what they get out of it. Because oftentimes complex ideas, they need to be simplified in a way in which we can impart that information onto others and then other people can memorize it and then they can pick the correct letter on the test. Sadly, that's often what is the only thing that's really relevant. It's not necessarily important in high school that you get an in-depth biology curriculum. Specifically about DNA, which lately in the last five years or so has just kind of exploded. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, humanity's awesome that way. Yeah. We rock. Uh, so our next section is what the hell. And this week I decided, because this is kind of my thing, I wanted to look at food festivals. And when I looked this up, I was kind of thinking about eating festivals. And the first ones that came up were not eating festivals. You mean like eating like the Denver Food and Wine Festival yes, or something or other? Yes, I was like something. you thinking about or mm-hmm. whatever that's called. Yeah. Aspen Food yeah. and Wine Aspen. I don't know what it is, but something like that. So I got two that were like that, but I got two that were totally not. And they're very famous and apparently uh, very involved. So the first one is the Battle of Oranges. Um, Yeah, right. So uh, if you would like to go do this, it is in Italy from February 18th to February 21st in 2023. And their whole purpose of this is to celebrate a very long-standing historical conflict between, like, the peasants and the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh. Basically the poor people and the rich people. Yeah. Is what this was between. Seriously. That's okay. What and it was actually some sort of celebration of something that happened almost 2,000 years ago. Oh, wow. So in this festival, is this the one where they throw oranges at each other? Yes. So you can join a group of people and throw oranges. It mimics the civil war between the royals and the poor people, right? This one was really crazy because I've seen and read about the festival of throwing tomatoes in Italy as well. But this was really complicated. There are three days. They start on Sunday and they're going to talk about the arrival of the Miller's daughters. And then they're going to have a battle. And then on Monday, the next day, they are going to have a parade. And then on Tuesday, I mean, it's like this whole thing. And there's like, like nine tribes. I mean, this is like huge part of history. But basically, they just huck oranges at each other. Sounds and painful. Yeah. To me, it's, it sounds like it would really smell. Rotten oranges are just disgusting. And it's all over. It's just awful. It sounds like an awful festival. It sounds like a painful festival. Yeah. A painful, disgusting festival. But it's clearly a very culturally important festival. I don't know. 
Okay. So next one, Chinchilla Melon Festival. This is in Australia. And this is not as long. Started in 1994. We're trying to get visitors to this area. And apparently they were well known for growing watermelons. And so they made these amazing like events around watermelon. So melon skiing, they have watermelons. They cut like a little hole in it. You can put feet in, okay. in the bottom. How do you ski? They pull you like on the road. It's sort of like water skiing. But on the road? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I yeah. wouldn't want to fall. I know. Yeah. Horrible. They also have <laughs> the Iron Man in that part where they do all of the things. So the skiing, the bungee jumping, the cherry race, and everything has to do with just melons and a mess. Just that's it. There's no like last one we talked about was kind of historical, but this wasn't not. This was we grow watermelons and it'd be awesome if we could just have people come here and mess around and do touristy things. But it's disgusting. If you look at the pictures of people, it's just gross. There's watermelons everywhere. Again, I would imagine that it would just smell after a while. Yeah, right? I just imagine that these things would need to rot yeah. or that they will rot. <laughs> Not as gross as the oranges, but still really gross. I really love that though, because it's a good segue into the next piece because this is the one you would think would smell the most, but no. So every year in West Virginia, they have the Roadkill Fest. Lovely. Yeah. This is actually really funny for me because it's West Virginia, but my mom's side of my family was in Ohio and I have been to a roadkill festival. Wait, I've been to a roadkill cookout which was my family with a couple of their families who you know, you hit something, you put it in the freezer and then we're going to all come together and we're going to have a roadkill fest. Awful. Actually, you're really yummy. So, this apparently is a thing, right? And this is not a small thing. We're talking thousands and thousands of people that come to West Virginia and they get stewed black bear mixed with chili, quail meatballs, deer, snapping turtle, iguana, grilled gravy on biscuits. I love how you got an accent all of a sudden. Oh, huh. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Now, where I ate it, we didn't have that accent, but this is West Virginia. Oh, wait. You ate some roadkill. Yeah. My aunt and uncle, we had a roadkill barbecue. Well, I heard that your family had this in Ohio. Oh, yeah, I went. Yeah, real good. I had a turtle, for sure. Turtle. Turtle, yeah. There are a lot of turtles there. Turtles. This one here said snapping turtle, but that's what it was. They just walked across the road, and you, you know, if you accidentally hit them with a car. I suppose it's a good way to to do something with something that you killed on the road. I don't know. I thought you said that it wasn't all road kill well in this particular festival they say that they have to be animals that are inspired by roadkill so if they weren't actually roadkill but maybe you you know killed a turtle because in places in the united states you can kill stuff like snapping turtle you would not hit that with a car i don't know oh they're water turtles so no i'm going to admit to our listeners that it's really sad that the roadkill that i had it was really good i mean it's just meat it's just different meat that's all although you know what they have have iguana on here. Never had iguana. Apparently there are yeah. iguanas in West Virginia. Not necessarily where I thought that iguanas came from. Okay. Last one. So every year uh, in Italy in June, uh, it's an annual celebration of Pizza Fest. So Napolia is apparently what people call the birthplace of pizza. And so tons of people, 30 to 50,000 people come to this area and enjoy this amazing festival. Not only can you eat pizza from all over the world, you can learn how to make pizza. There are concerts and there are, of course, wine because it is Italy. 
The festival takes place in a 30,000 square meter space. So there are tons of pizza makers and they come there from all over the world to uh, compete in who is going to make the best pizza. And it says that the pizza in this area actually started in the 19th century from an Italian baker. So if you love pizza, and I'm sorry for the other three things I gave you for food festivals, this would be the place to go. And like I said, the next one should be in June in Italy in Napoli. And there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. sharing those mostly disgusting food festivals. Yeah. Because pizza's not disgusting. No, I like to end it with a little little fun. Like a puppy. Like a puppy with a little tiny duck. You know, you need a palate cleanser in life. Or, you know, a tiny, tiny, tiny cute pig. If you all don't know, I love pigs. Our dog is so smart that he has his own bins of dog toys. He gets to choose which one he wants. We don't do that. He just chooses one. And he takes it to a space that he would like to hang out with. And then we decide if we're going to let him have it because that's full of squeaky toys. What, where are you going? What are you doing? You know, you're becoming a lot <laughs> like like Buddy. Well, I'm old, I can do whatever I want. I'm a dog. I am getting to be an older in my age. I can do whatever I want. How I are we supposed to record here? around you? Huh? How are we supposed to record around you? you oh, so cute. You're so adorable. Maybe we should just uh, integrate it and not work, work about it. Yeah. So apparently with this particular episode, we have the accompaniment of our dog, Indy. Yes. So if you hear some grunting or some squeaking or some extraneous noise as we're recording in our background here, it's most likely because our dog is up and being active and wants our attention. But we are dedicated. What is this? Podcasters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are dedicated podcasters. We don't know what the word is, but we don't care. Uh, yeah. So we'll okay. do this even though our dog is here. And we really love him. So, you know, there you go. So thank you very much for listening to our episode today. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at transistor.com. That is T-R-A-N-S-C-I-S-T-E-R.com. There you can find all of our episodes, our show notes, and our contact information. Thank you so much for being here today. We're stoked you came. Thank you so much.